Don't be a transactional salesperson. Be a relationship builder that's serving others. Be a relationship builder that's serving others and you will never sell a day in your life and you will outsell anybody else you know without even trying. Welcome to the Dean Graziosi Show. All success starts right here. How do you make marketing easy? How does marketing become something that's as easy to talk about as your favorite book, your favorite movie, or, or talking to a friend? How do you have compelling words come out of your mouth that you enjoy saying that simultaneously get people to go, oh crap, I want what you're selling. So I figured we'd have a fun conversation around five different bullets today that you've heard of, you've You've probably learned in some of my training or learned here or learned in KBB or learned in Project Next or learned by being a part of mastermind.com. But I want to I frame it in a little bit different way today. And it, I want you to think about when it comes to marketing and how we can simplify this messaging in our heads, right? I, I made up a, a story yesterday, but I, I, I want to go through five things that will take your life experience and turn it into your greatest marketing assets, okay? Life experience, turning it into your greatest marketing assets. And number one, I put a season, a slice, or a scene from your life that gives you the credentials to teach it, share it, or sell it. I'll say that again. A season, a slice, or a scene from your life that gives you the credentials, the confidence, to teach it, share it, or sell it. Now yesterday I made up a story. I did it all in 15 minutes on purpose about my relationship with my wife. It's an amazing relationship. I was not in the best relationship. I'm in the greatest relationship in the world and I just shared a story of my life. When it comes to the knowledge industry, the information industry, the self-education industry, I believe no matter what you do, if you have another business, attaching a knowledge product, an information product to anything you currently do can give you exponential growth. Or all on its own, just creating a product. Knowledge is the new currency. You guys, this is not just my term, you guys see this happening. It's heading towards a billion dollar a day industry. COVID, when I said the world has shifted, the world has shifted to this, being online, sh shopping online, learning online, not going back to college, learning from people without experience. So yesterday I told a story, it was a scene, a slice of my life of, of my parents divorces and I went through a divorce and I realized to, to, if I wanted to attract the most amazing woman in my life, I had to be the most amazing man, right? I, I thought to myself, if I just go to the next person, next relationship and bring my bad habits and bring my same shit, I'm just gonna end up in the same place. So I found these fundamental six things and, and it's true and, and then I, I became the man that attracted my wife and she's my dearest friend and I love her to death and we fall more in love every day. So I went through that process, it was just a scene in my life and then I said at the end, who would like to buy a weekend and everybody wanted to buy the course, I didn't have the course. But I, I wanna share this, I want you to start looking at a season, a story, or a slice in your life, right? I, I've said this before, when I did go through a divorce, I ended up getting coaches, uh, and I, I did this with you guys, so I'm just, I'm just priming the pump here, because I really wanna make this about you today. But when I went through a divorce, I went back to all my fear of my parents divorcing. It was ugly, and they hated each other, and the fighting, and it was just, ah, right? We all have our own stuff. But I, I felt like I was gonna bring that to my kids, and it was like driving me nuts. It was giving me anxiety, and all this crazy stuff, right? But then I got a coach, a parent, a, a, a divorce coach, someone that did child-centered divorce. I read books on it. I interviewed people that went through divorce. I asked everybody that I saw do it elegantly. And I came up with four different things that would make it so my kids wouldn't experience what I did. And when I came up with the four alone, I'm just gonna share the story. You guys are like family. So sorry if you've heard this story. If you haven't, this is family, I'm sharing. For the first time in my life, five years ago, going through, six years ago, whenever it was, I went through a divorce, I had anxiety really bad. I couldn't shake it. And I, I just kept thinking my kids were going to experience what I did. And I'd go to bed at night, and I'd, like I was popping a Xanax a couple days a week. And I have never, I don't even take Tylenol, right? So when I went through the process, when I came up with these four strategies alone, the anxiety disappeared. And I realized that, number one, I had to, um, I had to become real friends with my ex, not fake friends, not just co-parent, be an active listener, doesn't matter what happened, doesn't matter some of the things that went on, 
if my kids deserve a child-centered divorce, I had to find a way to forgive, forget, and be friends with my ex. Number two, I had to bring someone in my life that would appreciate my kids like their own and just respect that or else I would have been alone forever. I had to find boundaries and guidelines that we raised our kids the same way in separate houses, right? And we came up with the values we wanted to instill, not just the rules, but who do we want our children to be at the core when no one's watching, right? And then the third thing is how do we emulate and replicate things in two different houses that feel comfortable for kids, especially they were at a really, you know, eight and 10 or nine and 11 they were, right? So I came up with these four things. My anxiety went away and I started to implement. And sometimes, you know, my ex and I weren't on track and then I met, uh, after my divorce, I met my current wife, Lisa, and bringing all those pieces. But when I stuck to those core principles, when I stuck to those core principles, I watched my kids be stronger than they ever were. I watched them get to experience real love with my current wife, where we hold hands and we respect each other. And I watched them watch their mom just expand and become the better version of herself. And I watched them how there was no contention. The reason I'm sharing this story is because that was a horrible mess in my life. It was a scene, it was a slice of my life. But there's an absolute fact. My kids are thriving now. They do not feel any weirdness when they go back and forth to different houses. They, they, they love the fact that their dad has real love. They love their fact that their mom is growing and doing things on her own. They love the whole experience. I am not a therapist. I've never counseled anybody on a child-centered divorce. I don't have any experience. I've never done any of it. But if you were going through a divorce, you need to know what I know. And in two minutes, I can take that story, some of it painful, some of it breakthrough, some of it while I was so scared and, and having a glass of wine at night just so I could calm my head down. I never, re I don't even drink coffee, just being honest. I don't take Tylenol, I don't even drink coffee because I don't want to be reliant in the morning to say, I don't feel good until I buy caffeine. So I refuse to drink coffee because I don't want to be reliant on anything. And I was finding myself wanting to pop a Xanax or wanting to drink a glass of wine. And I knew I had to do something, right? But going through that pain, going through that journey, reading the books, getting a counselor, interviewing people, and then applying it and having a great outcome. Who feels that I'm qualified if you're going through a divorce that I could help you make your kids have a, be secure and safe, right? Now, if, I, if you were going through a divorce, those of you that aren't, no big deal. You might be going through a divorce don't have kids or you never went through a divorce. You're happily married. None of you should be listening to that. But if you were going through a divorce and, you're, and you have children, if I didn't even do a full call to action, who would pay me $297 for a weekend uh, Zoom workshop to teach you everything, those four fundamental pieces I used, right? Now, I gotta ask you, did I make a big sales pitch? Are you offended that I told you that story? Are you offended that I would ask for $297 to share that experience or 997 or 97 bucks? Do you think that even one thing that I learned through pain, through screwing up, through learning, do you think just one thing out of that could help your kids thrive in a way where other kids suffer, right? Did I have to do a fancy sales presentation with a slide deck and say yes or yes and you need this and today for just this one simple price and you can click the button below. Did I have to do any of that? Would you guys buy what I'm selling if you needed that? So the reason I'm sharing that with you guys is I want to take away the fear of selling, the, the, the resistance to selling because here's the thing. It's time to evolve to that next level, not dabble, not dream. It doesn't even matter if you haven't even started yet. You still know once you sell one, it's time to grow. The only way it grows, the only way it grows is if you fall in love with marketing and sales. Can I say it in another way? Fall in love with service. I think someday I will create a course on a child-centered divorce. I don't have one. I want to do it. I might just give it away. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna charge people because if people don't pay, they don't pay attention and I'll give all the money away, 100% of it, I'll give it away to kids in need or something like that. But if people don't pay, they'll be like, ah, it's probably not that good. They pay 297 bucks, they'll go through the entire course. That's just unfortunate and true. I wanna help take away all the, the, the fear of sales. I want you to learn that your life experience, being a storyteller, sharing your pain, being vulnerable, 
really is the foundation of sales without being a salesperson. And, and once you love selling, right? Once you love marketing, once you know how to use your life experiences to enhance it, let me ask you this, and this is not what I even planned on today, but I'm just going down this vibe, I'm going down this path. I hope it's cool, hope you enjoy it. You guys having a fun time today? Leave me a thumbs up if you are. Okay, think about this. When you have, and I've shared this, but not as deep as I'm gonna right now. Think about who, in, who here has ever read a book or watched a movie that freaking just floored you and you loved it, right? or ate at a restaurant that you loved, right? I know I've talked about this before, but you ever eat at a restaurant that was so good and you can't wait to share it? And you're like, oh my God, you have to go to this restaurant. This was homemade, the veggies were fresh. They named the farm that the vegetables came from. And oh my God, they did this and there was this sauce and it was healthy, but it was delicious. You gotta go, it's like you're shaking people. Let me tell you, when you share about a restaurant, a book or a movie, my God, you watched this movie and this guy was just amazing and this love scene was incredible and it filled your heart. You can't wait to tell your girlfriend or whatever it is, right? When you share that, are you the best version of yourself or the worst version? If you're sharing something you love, are you animated? Do you have a smile? Are your shoulders back? Are your eyes wide? Have you ever told anybody about your favorite restaurant that absolutely floored you? Did you go, yeah, you know, the food was kind of good. It was, th there was a farm upstate. I don't know, they, they kind of shipped it in. And, um, and then they serve it. And then the, the dip, so good. Like, you wouldn't do that, right? But sometimes when people get to sales, they get, a, they get worried and that's how they present something they love, right? You have to realize that when we're selling something that impacts people's lives, that truly can allow them to jump over to make sure their kids are okay or their marriage is good or they can sell better, eat better, love better, live better, right? If we know we can take them from where they are to where they want to be, find that same enthusiasm and the shift is unbelievable because you'll never sell again a day in your life, you'll serve. So I want to share something. Um, think about this. I have one of my old classic favorite movies is It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody ever see It's a Wonderful Life around Christmas time? I know it's an old classic and I've probably watched it 20 times in my life. I probably could mouth every word of it um, and, and I just love that movie. So think about the difference. If I wanted to tell you, uh, I'm talking about using a scene, right? Using a scene from your life, a slice of your life. When it comes to selling, when you add in a personal story, if I was gonna sell you to watch A Wonderful Life, I could say this, A Wonderful Life, it, it is a really solid movie. It is a movie about a guy that has a second chance. He didn't think his life was good. He said, I shouldn't even be here. And God gives him a chance to see what it was like if he was never born. And it really hits the heart. It's emotional, probably make you cry, and you'll appreciate things. You'll have gratitude in a new way. You might go watch it, you might not. But what if I said to you with a, a slice of my life in there or a piece of my life, say, oh my, when it comes to A Wonderful Life, there's a million movies, they make better movies, they have more animation and stuff like that, but this movie, fundamentally for me, as a child, I didn't have a family. I didn't sit around the kitchen table and have that family unit and this, this, this movie, takes you on a journey of not only a family and what's the most important thing in your life and connection and love and support and kind of breaks that family up and shows you the other side. It gives this man the ability to see what really matters in life and, and it helps me see what really matters in my life. I want to be a better dad because of this movie. I, don't, I, I want to be blessed and grateful every day that I'm on this earth to fight another day even if stuff goes sideways. Everything went wrong that you could imagine for this guy and he still realized at the end of his life he'd still rather be with his family with everything going wrong than anything else. And it made me realize through all the divorces and my, my family and parents had and what I went through, I'm still so blessed to be on this earth to fight another day. And this movie, more than any other movie in my entire life, reminds me of that. It's definitely a must see on your list. Who wants to see it now, right? All I did was insert a slice of my life. Did I do a fancy call to action? Did I have to be a strong salesperson? Or did I just tell you like I was gonna tell you about the book, the movie, the, the restaurant, right? Now, 
listen, some of you who are already great at sales are like, all right, Dean, I know you're beating this up. But I'm, I just know even people that are good with sales sometimes get too repetitive. You, you, you forget to be a human. You forget to tell stories. You forget to anchor it to your own emotions. And then we turn kind of into robotic salespeople. Who gets the phone call? Wait, has anybody else been getting calls about a warranty on your car nonstop? Is it just me? Or are you getting those calls? I, I'm so freak, like all day my phone buzzes. I don't need a warranty on my car. But if you let them, if you listen to them for three seconds, they go into a robotic sales pitch. That is what makes sales suck. When people like that or the cold call on anything, they go immediately into their pitch. There's no emotion. It's a transaction. Don't be a transactional salesperson. Be a relationship builder that's serving others. Be a relationship builder that's serving others and you will never sell a day in your life and you will outsell anybody else you know without even trying. Another question. I, I talked about a scene, a slice. But remember, your mess sometimes is actually the thing that could qualify you. And here's the part that I love from Jenna Kutcher. Sometimes we feel like we gotta be way on the other side of our mess before we share it. I was broke, I'm not broke anymore, I'm out of debt too, but I'm not rich yet. Let me share once I'm rich. Jenna said it best. The world needs to see your messy middle. Stop waiting for it to be perfect. Take them on a journey through your messy middle with them. Some people in winter freeze and other people ski and snowboard. When the world shifts, we need to have that foundation. We need to have that anchor. In a shifting world, we have to go to where the puck is, right? That was Wayne Gretzky's quote. When he was asked, he's the famous hockey player, came from Canada, played here in the United States, and they asked him, why are, what, what's your number one secret or why are you so good in hockey? He said, a lot of people will skate to where the puck was. A lot of people will skate to where the puck is. He said, I figured out how to skate to where the puck was going. And the self-education industry, which is really the knowledge industry, sharing what you know, selling what you know, that's where the puck is going. And, you know, uh, Tony loves talking about winter, right? When we have shifts in the world, it's winter time. And I love when Tony says, some people in winter freeze and other people ski and snowboard. When the world shifts, we need to have that foundation. We need to have that anchor. I hope this pandemic gets behind us. I hope people are healthy. I hope people are safe. But we don't know if it's going to last six weeks, six months, or six years. So we can't sit on our hands. We can't wait for someone else to come wave a magic wand and fix it because nobody has. I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative, a Republican or a Democrat, or you're just fed up with it and don't care about any of that. Wherever you are, we know throughout history of time, nobody has come and fixed it for us. Nobody waves the magic wand and we get rich or, or famous or we fulfill and live into our full potential. We gotta do it. And isn't it liberating when you know that it's on us? Isn't it liberating when you know success or failure is on us, right? Listen, I know so many of you have had tough times. So many of you have been let down, carpet pulled out from underneath us. We can either use that as our anchor or we can use it as our fuel to say this is our time. So I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. Um, and I want you to think about this. Um, think about this. And I've shared this before. For those of you who are part of Own Your Future, you may have heard this, but I want to remind you today. When I say knowledge is the new currency, for those of you that really need to understand this, what does that mean? It means that people are realizing that the fastest way to the end result is to pay you for your experience so they can go where they want to go quicker. That's really what it is. So think about it this way. Um, and this was Tanner on my team, gave me this story about six months ago, and he's like, you know, it's like, it's like a cell phone. Imagine if you had the opportunity to have an unlimited amount of new iPhone 15s, if there was 15s, in the warehouse that you could sell as many as you wanted over and over again, but you didn't have to pay for them, and you didn't have to ship them, and you didn't have to keep them warm or cold or put them in trucks or put a stamp on them. That would be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Well, that's really what people have discovered why this industry is going towards a billion dollars a day. Is, and I wrote this down, and I love sharing it, because right now your experience, the mess you went through, the skill that you've learned, the hobby that you love, the passion that you have, your experience is your inventory. Your knowledge is your asset. And our brain is our warehouse. 
And that's why Tony and I have been have fallen in love with this. It's why it's become a movement because we're helping people unlock that. Listen, if you're already a coach or considering a coach, you're in the right spot. And this is what people are doing. They're sharing what they know and that's why this industry is exponentially growing. Now, what can get in the way of you doing this? Thinking to yourself, I don't have a following. I'm an introvert. Who would listen to me? I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. I've never done this before. I've dabbled before and it didn't work. I tried and no one bought for me. I don't know where you are. You could be one of our KBB or Project Next family members who are crushing it. I'm glad to have all of you here. But what I'm gonna ask you to do right now is don't judge your past based on where we are now in history and what we can teach you to do at this very moment. What if I told you that every single influencer, everybody who sold the course, we've all started with that place. But the world wants to learn from somebody who's been there now more than ever. And I'd hate for you to look back in six months or six years and say, I missed this. You know, I always talk about surfers, right? When you catch a wave, that wave will push you all the way to shore. But if you hesitate and you miss that wave, you could paddle as hard as you want, the wave goes under you and you miss it. Right now, I want you to get open-minded. Be open-minded today because this industry won't wait for you, but this industry definitely needs you. And we're gonna show you how to do that. In fact, you know, I love the story. Again, I've told this before, but I want you to just answer this. If you had a week to prepare, and you had the opportunity to spend a couple hours with your 20-year-old self, you had a week to prepare, and you had a couple hours, you had the magic wand to go spend two hours with your 20-year-old self, and you could only share on one topic, maybe relationships, right? It's time to, don't settle, you deserve more. Like love is so important and so pure and these are the things I learned about love at 40, 50, 60, 70. You had two hours to spend about love or you had two hours to spend about making money or starting your own business or taking care of your health or finding self-love at an earlier age. I don't know what you would share with your 20 year old self. What would you share? But you had a whole week to prepare. You created a course, videos, blueprint. Uh, you drew it out, built slides, whatever it was. Let me ask you this. What would it be worth to you today if you could go back and spend two hours with your 20-year-old self? That's what the self-education industry is, right? We get millions, priceless, priceless, millions. Listen. There are people today, just like your 20-year-old self, no matter what age they are, they're starting off where you left off. They're starting off trying to figure out something you've already been through. They're going through a mess at this very moment that you've already been through and you're on the other side of the mess and you could give them the bridge, the ladder, the gift of knowledge to help them get out and that's what the self-education industry is and we're so excited. If we didn't shift into the self-education industry. I don't know where our lives would be. When you see Tony Robbins, so dynamic, what he does, oh my God, best in the world. But he started out as a kid going to a Jim Rohn event where he had to borrow the money literally from a bank to go to the event, had no clue, was living out of his car, and had the opportunity to be impacted by self-education. He learned from Jim Rohn. You know, when Tony started his first event, he thought 500 people were gonna show up because it was free, and like five showed up. Right? And he didn't have anything to share. When he first started, he shared what he learned from Jim Rohn. Right? We all started someplace. None of us were born to be in this industry. None of us were, I'm going to be a knowledge broker. I'm going to be in the self-education. No, we all started out with imposter syndrome, a little scared, not sure if we could do it. But the one thing we were missing is realizing that our experience is priceless because we can help people go faster. The second thing, when Tony started 40-something years ago, the self-education industry wasn't that cool. When I started over two decades ago, it wasn't that cool. Right now, the world is realizing the fastest way to get there is to learn from everyday, ordinary people who are willing to share what they know. Yes, they want to buy your knowledge. And that's what we're talking about today. In fact, you know, when we talk about this, sometimes I know so many of you have been with me for a while and you've heard this. I want you to hear it again because if you're not a part of this, then you're missing this wave. And if you're new, I want you to think about, you know, if, if it comes to your mind, well, I'm, I'm new or I, I don't, I'm not an expert. I want you to think about this. This is Nancy Lee. Now, maybe you would never think Nancy would work with Tony and I and be in the self-education industry because she was an immigrant from China who when she got here, everybody said, oh, when you start off in America, just get a service job and work your way up. And she wouldn't accept that. She's brilliant. She's smart. She had a good job in China. So she found a way to get a high level job of being a product manager and a project manager here in the States. And I'm so proud of her. But then when she did it, she realized, wait, if I could do that for me, 
could I do that for other people coming from China? You would think, is that a niche? And right now, this is what she does full time. She's outpacing her job. I'm not saying you're gonna do and have the success she had. I like to disclaim that, but she's doing insanely well. And what does she do? She teaches Chinese immigrants how to get a better job than just a service job. And she's absolutely crushing it. She's in the self-education industry. She went through a little mess. She went through a learning experience. And now she has the outlet, the opportunity to use social media rather than it using you. Be a producer, not a consumer. We're gonna learn, talk about that today. And now she gets to impact and help people coming from China while impacting her own life and creating success. Take somebody like Lisa. Lisa had a dance studio and COVID came. And what happened to so many people? Shut down, didn't know what she was gonna do. Luckily, she started working with Tony and I and got this process. She's like, okay, I'll just do it virtual. I'll do virtual workshops about dancing. And she did so well, started doing better than she did when her, uh, when her actually brick and mortar business was open. And now she not only teaches dance studio stuff, um, that sounded terrible, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the type that goes to a dance studio, but she also teaches other businesses how to transfer from in-person to virtual. She's absolutely crushing it. So I just wanted to give you a little example. And we have people that are coaches and they're gone on to another level. People that are in this space using this unfair advantage and realizing that this is the time and knowledge truly is the currency of the future and the present. Or maybe life's okay. You're not here because you're desperate or want to move from pain but you know there's more. Maybe you're called to serve. Maybe you know that there's more impact, that you, have, you know you have more to give the world, that at the end of your life when you're 100 years old, you wanna say, I squeeze the juice out of life, and you wanna learn more, be more, do more, impact more, make more. That's great. Be here, be disturbed within action. To, if you're not moving away from the pain, or not moving towards a bigger future when you're called to, then you should be disturbed. But I wanna share why this industry is so important to me and maybe you can relate to it a little bit. Listen, we all have our own journey. I talked about Tony's journey before when he borrowed money living out of his car to go see Jim Rohn. For me, I just remember being broke as a kid. My, my parents, who are amazing people, but they were married nine times between them. And my mom and dad didn't have the best relationship after they split when I was three. My mom worked three jobs to make nothing. Like, I, I, from my earliest memories of wanting to be successful, and I remember mine was watching my mom come home at nine o'clock at night when I was in second grade with her hands hurting from cleaning houses and cutting hair, and she painted houses on the inside, on the side. She did everything she could to support me and my sister. She was selfless. I, I don't think I could get emotional because I think it took me till I was 50 years old to realize what an amazing woman she was and the sacrifices she made for me. But I remember being little, second, third grade, saying, I'm gonna get rich. That's what I remember saying, so I can retire my mom. I'm rich back then, was probably thinking, I, I was hoping to make a thousand bucks a week to take care of my mother. And I did everything possible. I cut firewood at 16, I fixed wrecked cars, and I, I went after life hard. And I, I feel blessed, I started getting momentum. I, I ended up, by the time I was 20 years old, I already had bought a couple no money down real estate uh, houses. I was building houses, I had apartments, I had a collision shop by 24 years old. By 25, I had a, a tow truck company. I was, I was on my way and I was taking care of my mom. I retired my mom. By the time I was 27, I've sent my mom a check every single week since I was 27 years old. I buy my mom a new car every three years. I bought her her house uh, not that long ago. And, and that, that was my muse, that was my driver but I have to tell you from a lot of the dysfunction as a kid I think I was doing it in kind of an ugly way ugly on the inside you guys ever have success in your life but you know you're not doing it in a healthy way and then at about 27 years old I see Tony Robbins on an infomercial and I felt like that man was speaking right into my heart and I bought everything he had off of this information. I had never really read a book. I have never been to a personal development course. I've never been to an event, but I just said, the heck with it, this guy's speaking to me. Now, when I, when I bought that, I have to tell you, friends and family in my life were like, you spent what? Because I bought like every upsell possible. I bought all of it and everybody's like, you spent several hundred dollars on tapes? And I remember it was so long ago that I had a cassette player on my side with the orange Sony Walkman. Remember the little orange earbuds? If anybody, I'm dating myself, right? And I got that and I devoured every second of it. Like I listened to it, I was like, oh my God. It was all the stuff that I believed somewhere in my heart. You guys ever hear something from Tony, myself, or somebody else and you go, wow, I knew that. And you just, you feel like, wow, I'm not the only one, I'm not crazy. And it did two things for me, I have to tell you, it did two things. Number one, 
it released me from a lot of my childhood pain. It made me realize that life happened for me, that all those things I went through are my fuel, that not my anchor. I changed my story. I had new beliefs. I mean, this guy empowered me, and truly my life changed. I went on to have more success than I could have ever imagined possible, and I, I, I contribute so much of that to Tony, and I'm so grateful for him. Now that he's my dearest friend and partner is wonderful, but back then it was just the guy that I paid for his knowledge. But here's the second thing that did for me, and I really want you to hear this. I paid for knowledge. I cut Tony a check, he sent me information, and it shifted my life. I didn't get a car, I didn't get a watch, I didn't get a ring. I already, in that moment, I learned the value of knowledge 25 years ago. It was so exciting that I said, I gotta be in this industry. This is what I'm gonna do. So not only did I feel better, now you think, you think my family thought I was crazy before. Now I'm taking every dollar I have. Back then you couldn't go online, you couldn't be at mastermind.com, you couldn't, didn't have a course. I had to go do an infomercial, which back then was hundreds of thousands of dollars. By the time you did an infomercial and got inventory and, all the, and got a phone company, it was a completely different world 25 years ago. So now I'm cashing in everything I got and using credit card money to do this. You talk about my family thinking I'm the most insane human being alive. People thinking they're protecting me but really telling me what a nut job I am. So I don't care. I'm on fire because of what Tony did. And at the time, I made money by selling cars. So I said, I'm gonna build a course. Think about this, I'm teaching people how to flip cars. I called it Motor Millions. Now, it sounds cheesy, it sounds silly right now, but I was on fire. And you know that, you know when you just feel something that I hope you feel today and you're like, I'm gonna do this, this is it, I'm all in. That's how I felt. But then maybe you guys, when that buzz wore off, when I borrowed money and I started filming and I started writing a course, and my, my sister who's, I love my sister, she's an amazing woman, she's my big sister. She lived in Virginia. When she found out I was doing this, she drove all the way from Virginia to have a sit down with me, like an intervention, like I was on drugs. Literally sat down and said, Dean, I love you, but enough is enough. Look at what you've done on your own and now you're gonna risk everything, you're gonna lose it. So I get that, and then I go to my friends. Of course, my friends give me positive, no, my friends are like, you're an idiot. They, they, didn't, they weren't elegant like my sister. So now I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe, I, I, and I don't know. So I remember being on the same road, and I'm gonna share this with you guys because maybe you can relate to it. I remember being on the same road where I spent most of my childhood was with my grandmother, and I was walking down her road. It's a true story, I know exactly where I was. And I started thinking to myself, who the hell am I? I'm not Tony Robbins. I don't have the money he has. I'm not six foot seven and, and have that amazing voice and that power. I don't have wealthy friends. I haven't transformed the lives of people. Who the hell is gonna buy a course on how to make money with cars? My sister says I'm a fool. My friends think I'm an idiot. I'm kind of, I'm doing okay. I mean, by then I had an apartment house. I, had, I was building houses. I had a tow truck company and I'm risking it all. And I remember being, on a, I remember being a millimeter away from saying I should be happy. And I remember just walking down that street thinking all the reasons this was stupid. I'm not an expert. I barely got out of high school. I have dyslexia. I don't have the, I'm, I'm borrowing money to film this infomercial. I'm an absolute idiot. But in that moment, I had an epiphany. I said, there was two things. I remember thinking to myself, if I do what other people tell me to do, if I listen to my inner self-doubt, I'll regret it forever. I know I will. I'm called for more. What is the worst thing that happened? I have to start over, right? That's the worst thing but the, the, if I go for it, but the worst thing if I don't is looking at my whole life knowing what could have been. But this is where my big epiphany came in. My epiphany was this, I was thinking through the lens that I had to be the guy that shared everything about cars. I never started a new car dealership. I didn't make $100 million in the car business. I didn't know how to create KPIs and SOPs and Excel spreadsheets. I didn't know about car financing at a high level. I, started, I was thinking I had to know everything. What I realized is, I was really good at one thing. I knew how to flip a couple extra cars a month, buying and selling through the classified ads to make someone an extra thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. And when I realized, that's all I'm sharing. I'm not sharing all that other stuff. If someone wants to do new car dealerships, they shouldn't learn from me. If someone wants to learn how to flip a car a month and make extra money, I'm the best person on the planet because it's how I started. It's how I made money. And between realizing I didn't want to give up on me, that I was called to serve on another level, I had more potential, and then realize I didn't need to be the smartest guy in the world in everything, 
I just had to be good at showing people how to shift, flip one car. And when that happened, my confidence went through the roof. And I launched my course, Motor Millions. That was my first course. Yes, it was before digital. I had to create them and put it in that course. It did okay. And it got momentum and it started doing better. Like when I did this course, Think a Little Different, it was about real estate. I had only done about 25 real estate deals in my whole life. And guess what I told everybody? I've only done about 25 real estate deals, but I started with no money and this is how I did it. I didn't say, I'm the expert who has $14 billion and 47 Lamborghinis. In fact, I didn't even have any testimonials because I hadn't taught anybody yet. So I just went to the houses that I bought and flipped and I was like, hey, this is my first testimonial. Me, hi, see this house behind me? I did this, 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 and this, and I flipped it. See this house behind me? I did this, 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 and this, and I rent it. And that course went on to be one of the best-selling real estate courses in America from a 30-something, 29 or 33 years, I was 30-something years old. I, I didn't make hundreds of millions of dollars, but I just got to be honest going after exactly who I wanted. If someone wanted to buy multi-unit apartment houses, I wasn't your guy. You wanted to learn how to flip your first house with no money down? That was me. And I feel so blessed that since then I've been going on, I've gone on to do so many incredible things. Be partners with Tony and, and spend time privately with Richard Branson and be interviewed by, you know, the top people on the planet and just do more than I ever thought possible. Be a multiple New York Times best-selling author. Have more success than I ever could imagine possible. And it's just a pretty cool journey um, to be here. And I owe it all to the self-education industry. So if you hear me talk about this industry with love and passion and, and trying to show you why you should be a part of it is because it saved my life. I owe a debt of gratitude to it. Yes, I taught real estate, I taught cars, but now I get to teach people the main thing. I get to teach you how to unlock what you know, unlock your experience. This is my next 20 year run. Tony and I didn't need to do this. This is our passion project. Self-education saved our lives. And I know it can do the same for you and it doesn't mean you're desperate, it just means that if you're called to serve, called to do more, I don't know anything where you get to impact people, allow them to go faster and change your life at the same time. Control starts in here because we can't control what politicians do. We can't control certain decisions, but we can control our emotions, our energy, our effort, our decisions. We can control what gets our attention. There's only two ways to approach life. You're either the thermometer or the thermostat. Think about that one. And what has today's world done to most people? Man, we've become the thermometer. Like, is it good? What's going on with COVID? What's going on with the presidency? What's going on with immigration? Or going on with this? Or going on with that? And is inflation happening? Like, we could be roller coasters just going up and down with the temperature. Or we could say, no, I'm getting off the roller coaster. I'm setting the thermostat where I need to be to be the best version of me, the version God designed me to be, the version that my family needs. I wanna share something. Um, for those of you that don't know, I probably have shared it too much, I'm a proud dad. Um, my daughter uh, just started high school. I'm proud of her, See, she's such a good kid. I, I really mean it, I'm not just saying it because she's mine, but still freaks me out. And she went from this tiny little school of 36 kids in her entire grade to now there's 650 kids in her grade. So big shift. She wanted to go to this public high school because she wanted to pitch. They have a really good um, softball team. So she decided to go to this high school. And here's the cool part. I catch for my daughter. So she, she has a, a pitching coach who comes twice a week. And um, yeah, I catch for her, which is amazing, except now I'm scared because she's 14, my height, and she's throwing a ball. I don't know if anybody plays softball or watch girls softball. Yeah, she, she pitches. It's not super fast. For her age, it's in the top bracket. She pitches about 52 miles an hour at 42 feet. When they go in the dirt, I'm like literally my adrenaline. I almost vomit. Like, you know, the short hops, if you ever watch baseball. And uh, six months ago, she broke my toe. I missed the ball, hit the end of my toe, snapped it. So yeah, it's, it's fun, fun times. I'm literally like, I, I realize I'm like three months away that I, I just can't, I don't know if I can catch for. So I'm telling you this because my daughter has pitched on and off four or five years and like go with the trainer kind of love it and then she's like dad it's too much pressure I just want to play outfield she's really good at left field she has a good arm she hits good she's like I'm just gonna play outfield and then she wants to pitch and then she's not sure she's like it's so much responsibility what if I let the team down pitching if you watch girls softball there's a lot to it different than like I believe way harder than overhand for for boys I really do I, I watch what she had to go through 
So why am I saying this? Because I've watched her go on and off. This summer, she made a decision, Dad, I'm gonna be the best outfielder. I don't want the, the pressure of pitching. So there was a couple things I shared with her. And what I've been sharing with my daughter, and I shared this with you guys, is you win games when no one is watching, right? That responsibility of winning or losing the game is so amazing if you're ready for it. Like, but you don't win when you're on the field. You win when you're in the backyard throwing 100 pitches or 200 pitches a night when no one's there, when it's really hot, when no one is applauding for you. What you how you win in, pri in public is what we do in private. That's simply it. You want to take your business to the next level and you show up here but you actually don't do the work between when we're together, that's ah, kind of on you, just being honest. It's kind of on you. You buy the course, but you only go through half of it, and you say it didn't work for me, it's kind of on you, right? You get to the game, and you can't throw a strike, but you miss three practices to my daughter, it's kind of on you. It's not a bad day. You're not tired. You're not in a bad mood. You didn't freaking put the work in, right? So why am I telling you this? About three months ago, I did about four things with my daughter to get in her mind. Not to manipulate, but for her to identify what was important to her. For her to find an inner strength. Because if we can learn to do the practice in softball when no one's watching, we can learn to do that in business, in life, in relationships. I feel really blessed. This is not bragging. I, I'm, I'm married to the love of my life. Our relationship gets stronger every day, not by accident. I do a lot of work when no one's watching because I've messed up on relationships in the past. Maybe I'm the only one, but I have. Just being honest. Um, but I'm not messing up on this one. And I put the work in when no one's watching. People look at us all the time and go, oh my God, you two are so cute and you're so lucky you found love. It's not luck. We both do the work, right? So about three or four months ago, I just got in my daughter's ear not to manipulate her, not to force her to do anything, but to commit and decide. If you want to be the best outfielder, let's go all in on outfielding. But I got her in a place where she made the decision, she said, I wanna give it one last try. Can I get a coach twice a week and will you catch for me? And I committed to catch for it no matter what. When it's four o'clock, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm catching for my daughter. And I watched a shift in her mindset three months ago, go from dabbling one foot out to literally burning the boats. Four months ago, the coach said, this, and he's the sweetest man I've ever met, he's such a good coach, and he, he said, you know what, she could play at high school level. She could, about four months ago. Yesterday, she was throwing such fire and a curveball and a drop ball and a rise ball and a change up. She crushed it so hard in practice yesterday, he looked at me and he said, she's my number one student. I've never seen anybody change in my entire life. He goes, she's gonna start all through high school and if she wants to play in college, she's got everything she needs. So what the hell happened in three months? What changed from a girl who pitched on and off for five years to something changing and snapping and making a difference? There was four things I taught her. Honest and truly, who would like those four things? How would you like, who would like me to share those four things with you? Okay. What did I just share with you guys? A story. I just shared a story. How important do you think storytelling is for your business, no matter what you're in. On a scale of one to 10, how important is storytelling? So let me ask you a couple other things. Did you guys like the story, yes or no? Was it super fancy? Did I tell the story like a, a, a perfect storyteller? Or did I just kind of tell you about my daughter? By the way, 100% of what I shared is true. Not one thing was a variation, that's why it was easy to tell. So it was the story, it was a great story, right? It's a true story. Let me ask you a really important question. Did any of you feel like I was selling you or just telling you a story about my daughter? Did anyone feel that I was selling you? But if I said, for 97 bucks, I'll tell you those four secrets for you, your friends, or your family. Who would pay the 97 bucks? I got nothing for sale. I'm not selling it. I'm just saying. So how important is storytelling? How important is storytelling if I was selling you or how important is it if I was just teaching you? See, if I just said to you, hey guys, I have the four methods. I have the four methods to make anyone in your life, even a teenager, 
step up and make a difference and go all in. Would you like to hear it? Be like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Maybe, maybe not. But I told you a story. I got you totally emotionally invested in the story. I told you an honest story. I told you a story where there really was four or five things that I did to anchor her in, to go all in. I future paced her what it would look like being in 12th grade and all of her friends showing up for the championship game. I let her vision four years from now that if she put the practice in and practiced three or four days a week and she went and she started and in ninth grade, she's probably not gonna start. 10th grade, she starts on JV. 11th grade, she maybe sits the bench sometimes for varsity. By 12th grade, she's playing every single game and she's there for the championship game. I said, how cool would it be your girlfriend sitting on the stands cheering for you and it's on you and you're ready for that responsibility. You want to take ownership. The game is in your hands. You bring the championship home or you fail. That's a lot of responsibility, but it's the best in the freaking world. How would you like that? And I future paced her. I have chills thinking about it. I let her visualize that and she's like, hell yes. Right? So I did things like that with her. Right? How valuable is that? But that story set it up to where you just want, who wanted to hear that just one little future pace thing I did with her? I'm sharing that with you because so many of you, hopefully most of you are in the, in the digital, uh, digital product business, but whatever business you're in, how important is storytelling on a one to 10? If you have that feeling, damn, what did Dean do with his daughter? That's all you need to make a sale or get people to go, I'm pulling out my pen, Light me up. So today, I wanna to talk about the power of stories. This applies to everyone, no matter what business you're in, this applies if you're selling cars, fixing houses, doing hair, all of it's the same about storytelling, right? Um, but I want you to really think through this. I told you a story about my daughter, correct? Did I tell you what year she was born? or how she was like when she was two years old, or what my relationship was with her mom, or that I got a divorce. Like, I could tell you all this stuff. I could also tell you when she didn't get her homework done. I could also tell you she pisses me off every week when she leaves her house every morning without cleaning her room. How many times do I have to ask her to make her freaking bed? Like, are you freaking kidding me, right? I could tell you all that. But it had nothing to do with the end result. The end result was I was either gonna sell you or teach you the four things to get her to commit to being the best she could be. So one of the biggest problems with stories, I want you to write this down, is you tell your whole story when you only need a scene out of your life that sets up what you want to sell or teach. So many times I'll see on the internet people doing their marketing and I watch their video and it's like, I don't need the whole story. I don't need to know where you were born or why your dad wasn't nice to you or your mom never told you to love you. That could be relevant if that's what you're doing, but if you're selling like how to ski better, like I don't need to know all that. I need to know how you sucked at skiing. There was a epiphany and now you're the best skier in the world. Teach me to ski. Don't care about your third divorce. Like, but if you're teaching someone how to be empowered on the other side of your third divorce, then I need to hear that scene. So I want you to think through the lens of what is the scene in that story in your life? It should show why you are qualified to teach it. In that short little story, did you look at me as qualified to get a teenage girl to go all in? Did you, yes or no? Did you guys say, wow, Dean's got something to get a teenage girl to go all in, right? Now, here's where our brains mess with us. You guys ready for this? When you think of the word, why am I qualified? You start thinking, ooh, I'm not a child psychologist. I'm not a therapist. It's not what I do for a living. Did you guys give a crap that I'm not a therapist? Do you care that I, 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 this is not what I went to college for? I got a 14-year-old girl with boys on her mind, school on her mind, 600 kids in her grade, not 40, finding new friends, scared still to go to lunch because the seniors want to throw you out of the lunchroom. She's figuring all this stuff out. Hormones grew six inches in the last 18 months. I got that girl 
to go all in on pitching. Not an easy task. So does anybody care that I'm not an expert in this field? You have to remind yourself when I do this, no, I got the result. I got the goods. I got the treasure map. I have the recipe. All we're doing is shortening the learning curve. Right? We're just shortening the learning curve. So does your story position you where you could think, someone could say, wow, I understand that moment in their life and that resulted in them to having the keys to the kingdom. They got something that can get me there faster. Now the other thing too is you don't need to know everything. I'm not, I, if in this particular story, I'm not telling you how to help 14 year old girls wait till they're 18 years old before they date. I'm not teaching you that. I'm not teaching you how to help them emotionally when their friends are, half of them are freaking out and half of them aren't. I'm not teaching you that. Like, there's a million things about a 14-year-old girl that I did not tell you about. I took one specific swimming lane. How do you get a 14-year-old girl to commit to something with all the chaos going around her so she could be the best version of herself while simultaneously learning how to go all in and do what needs to be done when no one's watching? That's the only thing I'm teaching. So if you look through that, your confidence goes up because you're not teaching everything. Number three is when you have a story, you know, we, we talk about in the marketing side, if you're a part of any of my programs, hook, story, close, right? Always try to start your story that really gets people to go, all right, I'm going to listen to this, right? Do you remember when I started? I didn't even do it on purpose. I was like, I told a little bit like, uh, yeah, I have a 14-year-old daughter that just started high school in this big school, right? I said something in the beginning, everybody raised their hand. You could imagine it, even if you don't have kids or it's been a while, you're like, oh, I remember that or I had a niece or a friend or my little brother, right? You immediately go in that spot, but I got this girl to do the work when no one's watching and she's going to start and play all the way through high school and maybe college, I got her to commit. Who would like to know how I did it, right? You're like... I want to know that, right? So how do you start off your story in a way where you go, oh, damn, I want to hear this, right? And I also said, and I didn't do this on purpose, I also said, I know it's a story about me, but I promise it'll relate back to you. So what is the first couple sentences? What is the first part of your story that makes it intriguing, right? If I would have said, if I would have started, it's like, you know, being a dad is really special. I have this really beautiful young girl. And, and if I went down that road, you'd be like, oh, dude, what are, you, what are you getting at? I wanted to say it where you're like, oh, I wonder how the hell he did that. So when you start your story, you want someone in their head to go, how the hell did she do that? In marketing, sometimes people call that an open loop. What's an open loop? You say something where you go, oh, I need the answer to this one. I need the answer. How the hell did he do that? How did, how did Rima pull that off, right? Like that's, that's what we want to do in the first part of the story. Number four is, this is a tough one. No, not really. Choose, if you want to write this down, choose authenticity over perfection. Choose authenticity over perfection. So many times we'll wait, man, I have a story, but I don't know if I'm a good storyteller. Dean's so animated. He really brings you in. Do you know when a story is best? When you don't even realize you're telling a story, right? A story's the best when, like, you go to your favorite restaurant and they blow your mind. They bring you out some food that's so spectacular. It explodes your, your taste buds, you know, and the experience was amazing, and your waitress loved you, and the temperature was perfect, and the view was good. Did you ever tell your friend about that story? And you're like, oh my God, you get done telling this story, or whatever it is that you're passionate about. You didn't even know you were selling her. You didn't even know you got her to watch the movie, go to the restaurant, read the book, make new friends, start the new workout routine. Who in here has ever sold a friend on a certain way to eat? Be honest. Who in here has ever sold their friend on a certain exercise? Who in here has ever sold a friend on watching a movie, reading a book? Did you think about the storytelling? Before you got to your friend, did you start thinking, oh my God, I'm going to see my friend today. 
I gotta tell her about this movie I saw. What should be the first sentence? And how should I hook her? And how can I be authentic? I think I need to have enthusiasm when I share with her. You never thought about that once in your entire life, but then when you go to get on camera, you're like, what was that story again? How did I go through that? Uh, shit, how should I start it? What should I say? Like, come on. Authenticity comes out, you know when? When you're authentic. When you really care. When you're just telling a real story. I didn't think about that story with my daughter. In fact, I did this whole training and right before I came on, I'm like, I gotta tell a story, I gotta tell a story. I'm like, oh, I just wrote it in my journal. I just wrote, tell Brianna's story. I wrote that when there was like nine seconds left before I went live with you guys. I didn't have to overthink that story, you know why? Cause it's true, it's authentic. Like we overthink how we're gonna do this stuff when really, we just gotta tell the story. That story is yours, that scene is yours. Right? It doesn't have to be perfect, it's just gotta be yours. And can you guys feel authenticity? Of course you can, we all do. Could you tell that I wasn't making up anything about my daughter's story? Like honestly, couldn't you tell it's just a real story in my life? You have that real story, you don't have to mess with it. And the other thing, you could tell when people are full of crap. Anybody ever tell you a story that you know it's not true? Like you just know it, and you don't believe them, so why the hell would you buy from them? Also, as you're telling a story, you wanna make sure people are like, yeah, I see that, I feel that, I'd like to do that too. Cause sometimes when you overthink a story, when you're not authentic in people's minds, you know what they're thinking? So what? So what? Oh, Dean, you got your daughter to pitch. Who gives a shit? Let's just be honest. Like, rather than, you want people to feel like, Oh, I want to learn that too, rather than who cares. And that comes from authenticity. That comes from just being honest. And it comes by thinking through how does that story help someone else? How can someone see through your lens? How can someone, how do you live inside their mind? Uh, you know what, let's bring up Agatha. Come on, jump on here, Agatha. I want to hear, uh, I'd love to hear a scene in your life. Everybody, give it up for Agatha. How's it going, Agatha? Awesome. You having a good day? You glad you showed up today or what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so tell me what you do. So I'm a, uh, what I do is living cuisine. So I'm a raw chef. A raw chef. Ooh, nice. Um, wow. I, do you have a course yet or are you working on it? No, I have a course. Nice. I'm working on the technicality to put it up. That's my, that's where, ah! <laughs> oh God, that's the easiest part. We'll make sure, we, that's the easiest part. So you got a course, you teach people how to uh, eat raw foods. That's right. So tell me, Vegan. tell me your scene. Tell me your scene. Why, why would I buy from you, Agatha? When I was 45 years old, my arthritis, as you can see, was so bad, I could not hold, grip, lift anything and everything. It was so painful. Then a friend tell me about raw food. I read a book, and the next day I started to eat that way, and in three months, it was all gone. 18 years, never came back. Wow, 18 years, that doesn't seem possible. You couldn't have been 45 18 years ago. That doesn't seem possible, Agatha. You mean you were 25. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> Agatha, I love that story, but I, I want to back up a little bit, right? This, yeah. If you don't mind me picking on you a little bit, can I? Please, okay. please. I want you to remember, you see, you're on the other side of the pain. I want to remind this to everybody. You're on the other side of the pain. You feel amazing. You look amazing. Your skin is glowing. You found your fountain of youth. Is that true? Yeah. You found something that helped your arthritis? Oh yeah, it's you're gone. probably you're probably healthier than all your friends. You probably yeah. get sick less. Is that true? You get sick less. Never, never. Cholesterol's good. Skin good. Inflammation gone. Uh, excess weight, uh, rashes, floater on my vision. Whatever I had going just disappeared. Love it. You're on the other side. You're experiencing that now. It's a routine for you. It's part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to take a, a, a little step back. 
How did you feel three months before you started eating raw food? At the time, uh, I was making evening rest. I want you to take a pause for a second and really yeah. remember what it felt like when you couldn't open a jar. When, yeah. when you did that, and did you think to yourself, this is my life, I'm old, I'm never gonna have quality of life, things aren't gonna be normal for me. Like, I'm sure there was some desperation, I would even say there was probably some tears. And I'd like you to remember the, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened to is my, my biological mother had arthritis, but at 60 years old. So I started earlier. So it was like, oh my gosh, what is it gonna be? I'm gonna be crippled by the time I'm 50 years old. Yeah, so it was, yeah, no, I, and I kept on searching on tricks, how to open jars, how to lift certain things, you know, because I, I was searching for resolving the problems that I was seeing coming up. And it's just the food resolved absolutely everything. So tell me what you switched. So you switched to raw food. Yeah, vegan food. So it's all vegan. Uh, And then uh, I switched to raw food. Uh, Like I said, three months. Then I had friends saying, oh, you must open a restaurant. I didn't write then because that would have been 2003. But I opened in 2012 and I had my vegan cafe for eight years. Wow. The beauty of that. So, th- so I want to tell you that's part of your story. That's why we're including this today. This is part of your journey. Um, let me ask you, who in your life or people you know that you helped go to raw food vegan and they changed their life? Think of one person right now and tell me their story besides just you. Yeah, well, they, my family, my children, but also I can tell you my hairdresser. Tell me about your hairdresser. That, I'm sorry? Tell me about your hairdresser. So my hairdresser, um, overweight, she used to say about herself, I look like a Buddha. When when that part of the body between the shoulder and the hip, it's like, you know, bulging out. And she lost 60 pounds in four months. She, our doctor was just blown away because all her, you know, whatever goes on, cholesterol and and, uh, whatever she had going on, her medication cut down. And she, she just felt amazing, uh, you know, 70 years old and just the same. Then people said, oh my gosh, Patty, you're looking younger and younger. By a raise of hands, who's intrigued and would like to learn more about eating raw food from Agatha? Watch, <laughs> no, turn around. Agatha, wave your hands actually so she can see you. Go like this if you want to learn from Agatha. Oh my gosh. So the reason I'm sharing this, the reason I'm sharing this is number one, did you did did you try to sell anything just now? No. No. (laughs) But did you serve everybody by sharing your heart and just some of your story? Yes. And look at ninety percent of the screen were waving their hands. I wanna know. Like, when is your course going to be up on mastermind.com? Like, right now, I'm going to tell you, like, have it up in the next week. Tell us the name of it because a whole bunch of us are going to go buy it, including me. So, yes. Are, yes. You, so, are you going to commit to being up on mastermind.com in the next seven days? Let's do this. I will. Anybody ever see like an elephant that was trained so much that they put a little rope and they tie it to like a plastic chair and the elephant will sit there? Right? Yeah. All of us have like a little piece of paper between where we are and where we could go, and we're letting that paper hold us back. Can we use Agatha? Agatha, you have a beautiful smile. You're glowing. I want to use you as an example of let's stop messing around. Let's bust through that and get this done. Can I tell you something, Dean? Yes. So, uh, yes, yeah, started 18 years ago, resolved all the illnesses for my family. My in-laws were against it. And then I started to dim my light and dim my light and dim my light. And then I opened my cafe. So I was divorced. I can just do my thing. But again, this experience made it so that I wasn't too 
expressive because you shouldn't be. What you're doing is too weird. And then it's doing this course. That's 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 why I am the way I am today. I was like that. Yeah. But then I had people in my life saying, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, doesn't make sense. And then I started to just shut down. And the course has bought back. I mean, it's amazing. Look, think of it. Three months and you get rid of arthritis, overweight, floaters and revision, rashes, hyperactivity in my kids, uh, sleep apnea in my ex-husband. Think of that. It's remarkable. And we eat every day. It's on our plate. Change what's on your plate. Change your life. I changed my life. Boom! As always, our podcast is free. We don't even sell advertising space. So how you could pay us back is by helping other people get this information in their hands. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and take a second and rate and review the show and tell a friend, heck, take a snapshot and put it on your Instagram. It's the best way for you to help other action takers get the knowledge they need to live into their full potential. And if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe now to get access to new episodes three times a week. And as always, you can go to the description for this podcast and check out the special links I shared with you to take your success, freedom, and abundance to a whole nother level.